Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. And welcome. <laughs> We're live. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> so we actually did it. So now this is our third, I think our third episode for September. But who knows if I post it, it might be the first episode of October. We'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going to be on a time crunch because let me let me see is you'd have to get it out today. There's only 30 days yeah. in a month. Uh, I can never I can never remember which days have 30 days and which one have 31 days. Um, I know there's like some meme or not really a meme, but there's some like mnemonic about how you can remember it by looking at your fingers or something. But I can never remember. Yeah, I never learned that. I just checked the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and just feel it out with your gut. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's only February, which has 28 days, unless it's a leap year. But I can't. I can never remember that. But before we rattle on about, you know, the months and all that fun stuff. So the weather here is slowly starting to, like, turn into fall weather, I guess. So today it was about, like, 60 degrees, 65 degrees, which for me is perfect. Um... But I have a couple friends in France, and they live in the south, and it's like 80, 90 there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that the weather here is pretty cold. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll actually get snow. Not in fall, but, you know, in winter. But you never know. Well, I'm sure we'll get our turn. It's, uh, it's turning over here to... It's that annoying time of year where... Uh, I need to run the heat in the morning mm -hmm. in my car, and I need to run the air conditioning when I get off work because the sun still, like, cooks the inside of your car uh, that's... all day while you're at work, and it feels like a big waste. Don't you have, like, <laughs> these reflectors that you can but, put in your uh, car? Because they're, like, like, these, like, these aluminum or, like, these metal reflectors that you can put, like, on the dashboard to reflect the sunlight, and it keeps it cooler. Yeah, there are some people who use those. I, I never have. The, uh, it is kind of nice, though, that we're getting real fall mm -hmm. weather. Uh, our, our area has a bad habit of we get this for, like, a few weeks, and then the first snow hits, and then it's it's going to be like that for, like, five months, so. Yeah, I'm fall. I, I am just hoping we can avoid snow as long as I possible. I would love to have snow. I would love to have a white Christmas. I mean, that's pretty far off, so we still got about, oh, about three months, give or take a couple of days. And I've personally only ever experienced two or three white Christmases in my entire life. Um, so it's really it's really rare. It's uh, you see it all the time in movies, but I mean I've never really had them all that much. Um, we've had I, I may have mentioned this before. We've had some weird ones. I remember like this might be. 16 17 mm -hmm. years ago there was a a december here and it and it happened around christmas eve where it was like 70 degrees and warm outside and every it was it was freak weather 
everyone was like going outside riding their bikes wearing shorts and i remember spending christmas eve outside like throwing a ball with my dad like in a t-shirt and shorts it was bizarre it was pretty bizarre <laughs> especially for montana it's very bizarre global warming <laughs> no other way to put it <laughs> yeah so that's the that's the bi-weekly weather report by national weather report so you're going somewhere after this, this episode so where are you going uh, I am going to meet up with some friends for a yeah, brunch. So the question is, what is brunch? <laughs> I feel like I can't take this question seriously anymore after that horrible flashline from the Justice oh, League. But enlightening, uh, I don't know that one. I think. Oh God! I mean, it's. I never saw the mm-hmm. movie, but like in the trailers, like, what? What is brunch? What, what is that? <laughs> It's just like that uh, kind of scene. I'm like, God, this is <laughs> this is the worst. But um, to answer the Flash, uh, it is uh, traditionally the way I grew up having brunch would be like buffet mm-hmm. style. Like you show up to like usually for like a nicer occasion. Like there's like Mother's Day brunches and stuff like that. And you. Um, it's usually fairly expensive, and you're expected to dress up a little bit. And you go through, and there is breakfast foods, but also some, like, slightly leaning more towards lunch foods. I mean, brunch is just... I, I think the term is portmanteau, yeah. right, when you combine yeah, two yeah, words? Yeah, it is. It's a portmanteau of breakfast and lunch. It's supposed to be right in the middle. It does lean more towards breakfast, though. And you're expected to not have eaten breakfast because you're going to eat a large meal for brunch. Like, you're going to eat brunch at, like, well, I'm going to eat it at 10.30 in the morning, and then you're not supposed to eat until dinner again, usually. Now, the brunch I'm going to, that's just what my friends happen to call it, which I think is fair, to be honest. But, uh... We're just going to go to a sit-down restaurant and order food, but it's a place that does breakfast mm. and lunch food. Um, nice little place nearby called Sophie's Kitchen. They do, like, everything handmade and stuff. Uh. I'm probably going to get the biscuits and gravy, which is a 50-50 <laughs> dice roll if uh, that's going to ruin my day and make me feel sick all day, but it'll be worth it. That is, a, I would say, that's a, a very accurate description of what brunch is. I couldn't have said it better myself, to be honest. Uh, for the longest time, I didn't actually know what brunch meant, um, I, I guess like for like the first ten or 15, uh, like fifteen years of my life, I, I never knew. It's one of those things that, that's fairly obvious, you know, in hindsight, when it's like, oh, it's a combination of breakfast and lunch. But you know, you never really think about it. For me, I always felt like brunch is like lazy breakfast. Like you forgot breakfast, so let's just do brunch. Um, or you, or or like you <laughs> missed an appointment. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's a way to make it sound fancy. Like, no, I didn't forget to eat breakfast. I'm having brunch yeah, today. But, so that's always been my opinion of you know brunch is like, oh, I forgot, you know, I forgot breakfast, or you know, I can't really eat lunch, so let's just do brunch or something. So it always felt like a compromise between like breakfast and lunch. They don't really have that here in that sense. So like some people do say brunch, they just use the English word. But it's definitely more of, like, an American thing, I would say. I wouldn't say it's exclusively American. I don't, like, know all the cultures. But it's definitely more American than it is, like, German. Uh, kind of like Black Friday. 
I think we talked about that like a couple of years ago, uh, where we saw in, um, it was really funny, we got a newspaper a couple days ago, and it said like Black Friday deals uh, next week, <laughs> and my wife was kind of, my oh wife my was God. thinking back, and she's like, why would we have like Black Friday deals in a week? Isn't that like somewhere around like Thanksgiving or something? I was like, yeah, it's not, it's not at the end of September. <laughs> so i i don't even want to think about the holiday season coming up no uh i'm ki- i'm kind of looking forward to uh looking forward to halloween but uh speaking of which so i just wanted to you know segue from that to our main topic which is i guess really hard to describe um but i guess like old wives tales like urban legends like those kind of things like common knowledge that's uh yeah common throughout most of american culture i would say and also just uh to kind of tack on to that little mm-hmm. things it feels like everyone was told yeah. as a kid in the u.s and then you get to be an adult and you think about it or you look it up and you're like wait a minute that wasn't true that was never yeah, true Yeah, so I, I i can start so for i used to watch uh, a series called rugrats i don't know if you do you know that yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it was on, I yeah, saw it Yeah, and there times. was this one scene where, forgive me, I don't, can't remember all the characters' names, but one of the babies ate watermelon seeds, and he was freaking out, because the other baby told him, like, hey, if you eat watermelon seeds, then a watermelon is going to grow in your belly. And, you know, the whole episode was, was him, you know, freaking out, like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I'm going to get really sick. And I heard that from a lot of people, that you should never eat the seeds like, from fruit or anything, because if you do, you know, it'll, like, you'll have, like, fruit in your stomach, which is obviously not true, but it's, I think, like, a, at least that's what I, where I grew up, a lot of kids were told that, like, don't eat the seeds, because then you'll have, you know, fruit in your belly and whatnot. I never had that one, but I was always told growing up, you you want to eat, like, the white mm. seeds in the watermelon, but never eat the black oh, seeds. That? I've never heard that. I, I can't remember why, but it was just like, don't do that. And I think, you know, a lot of, you know, they they breed fruit so selectively th- these days. I think it's hard to get watermelon with black mm. seeds. To the point where I'm, like, questioning myself if I'm making it up that watermelon with black <laughs> seeds exists. But I'm pretty sure no, it's a they thing. definitely do. I mean, most watermelons do have, like, white or black seeds. I don't know what the difference is, truth be told. I guess maybe the black ones are, I guess, um, ripe. If, if that's the correct term in this context, whereas the white ones aren't. But no, like they would have both. They would have both in the in the watermelon. Like there would be the seeds would be mm. mixed, and you're okay to eat some of them ah, and not the okay, others. Okay. That's what I remember. <sighs> yeah. Uh, also, in terms of like not swallowing stuff, I'm pretty sure that everyone has heard of like you know don't swallow gum. Uh, that's like the worst thing you can do is swallow gum. Because it'll stay in your stomach for about what is it like seven years? I, I think that's what I heard. Is like it would be in your st- I a <laughs> long time, and and ev- I think everyone remembers that. So I was on a trip as a kid. I must have been like five, six, seven years old, like mm-hmm. real young, with my grandparents, and we were at an ice cream place, and I had bubblegum ice cream with real pieces of frozen oh, bubblegum. Oh yeah, yeah, there. I remember that. And. I, I swallowed the uh-huh. bubblegum, and they're like, oh, well, it's 
you know, then they told me that it's going to be there for a long time. And I think, I think the thing is they really believed mm-hmm. it. So I really believed it. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you're going to be fine, but it's just going to be there for a long and time. I really truly believe that. I think up until I was like 15 or 16, I honestly believe that if you ate gum, it would stay in your, your body forever. I think for us, it was like seven years or something, which, you know, looking back on it is completely ridiculous. But at the time, it felt so, so obvious, so true. Um, you know, kind of, like, I guess, kind of like Santa, where just everyone just kind of accepted it in that age range. So it was just common knowledge, but common knowledge that turned out to be incorrect. <laughs> um, I think, actually, the, the amount of time it stays in your body is, I think, just a couple days. So, you know, like regular food, uh, but not like seven years. <laughs> Man, you got me thinking back to Santa. Santa felt like the first real contentious topic as a child. Because, you know, there are some parents that are just... There there are, like, three camps of parents Mm -hmm. for Santa, right? There is, one, Santa's absolutely real. Two, I'm not going to lie to my kids, Santa's not real. Three, uh, whatever my kid wants to believe, that's fine with me. So there were, like... I remember being in school... Uh And there were the kids who, like, parents were just honest. There was no Santa. And they would tell that. And it would, like, create all this tension. And there would be, like... It it almost felt like the first version of, like, politics as a child. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. Because you're in the know, so now you... Like, there was no changing each... There was no changing each other's mind. It was, like, a big deal. You gotta (laughs) fight each other over this. You picked your side. I still feel like Santa's pretty contentious for, like, a lot of parents. So it's like, do you let them live, like, this fantasy for, I don't know, at least 10 years, give or take? Um, Because at the very latest, by the time you're a teenager, you mostly don't believe in Santa anymore. So I would say at the very latest, maybe, like, 10 or 11. Um, So do you let them just live that because that's part of your childhood? I mean, because it was a big part of my childhood, too. Or... Or are you completely honest with them and say, like, no, like, there's no Santa. That's all me. I bought those presents. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on the subject, but I think I would lean more towards letting them experience that. Because then it's part of, I would say it's a cultural experience you're taking away from your children by telling them the truth right away. So you're lying to them in that sense, but you're giving them an experience. It's kind of akin to, I would say, the Tooth Fairy. You know, <laughs> kind of like that thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I I don't know. I I've, I was running through scenarios in my mind, like what I would mm-hmm. do as a parent. Like, how, like, it's easy to picture like a perfectly reasonable 10-year-old. You sit them down, you say Santa isn't real, never has been, it's fine. <laughs> but that that 10-year-old was like a two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight year old first. Like when is the moment you're gonna sit them down and just like when is the appropriate moment? So maybe maybe I'll feel different if I, I don't know kids. when I found out. I think I accidentally saw my parents wrapping gifts and then they told me. That's how I found out, you know, like the hard way <laughs> basically. Um I think I heard from other kids in the neighborhood that their parents told them eventually when they were like, you know, 10 or 11 or whatnot, like, hey, Santa isn't real. I think it's more of like a protection because if they go to school and they're like 15, 14, talking about like Santa Claus, I feel like you're setting them up to be bullied, basically. 
and you know, like, oh, look at him, like he's 15 and or 14 and still believes in Santa or whatnot, uh, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like that's there's a if you if that happened and you made it to high school believing in Santa, <laughs> I, like I don't know if there's any coming back from that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, like the Tooth Fairy. Um, I wa- I watched some really funny TikTok or short, whatever they're called on YouTube, uh, where the kid wakes up and he gets you know money from the Tooth Fairy. And what did you usually get like from the Tooth Fairy? Uh, I I know like the I think the tradition yeah, is a dollar. That's what I... I think I would get like a few yeah. dollars. That. I will say is one I think is good. Given the money, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I don't know if you remember what having baby teeth mm-hmm. come out feels like, but it's not pleasant. But it's got to be done, yeah. and kind of you know, telling kids like, "Hey, you're gonna get something out of this. This is for the best." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. All these things. Like, I think that's a. Uh, I think that's yeah, good. Yeah. I- like I remember forcing some tooth teeth out a little earlier than I probably should have. Yeah, I definitely did that too. Um, like you know, like with the whole string and tooth trick and put it slam a door shut. I've done that. Um, oh no, I just reached my hand up in there. <laughs> yeah, that's the most painful. I uh, you know while you know wobble wobble wobble. You know you work mm-hmm. it, you work it, you work it, you work it. When you think you got it, just try and get your thumb behind the tooth and pull. Yeah. Oh. I remember having my teeth pulled. Terrible. But like like I was saying, like in this one short, uh, the guy, I guess he was drunk or whatever, and he accidentally gave uh, his son $100 <laughs> for a tooth instead of like $1. Uh, that was pretty hilarious. I wish I would have gotten that much money for one or two teeth back then. Well, hey... That kid's going to be a believer for life. <laughs> but speaking of, like, I guess, like, mythical figures, uh, you've heard of Paul Bunyan, haven't you? Yeah. And yeah. so up until recently, which I guess like a couple years ago, I didn't actually know that Paul Bunyan was a figure in Canada. So I'm really not sure if it's more of, like, an, like an American myth in that sense or if it's, like, a North American myth because I guess for all intents and purposes, the, the cultural boundaries between – Canada and the U.S. are kind of blurred because, like, there are a lot of things I think are American, but they're actually Canadian, and so I feel kind of betrayed, <laughs> uh, and and vice versa. And sometimes it's really hard for me to tell the difference between Canadians and Americans, uh, unless they're like from like uh, like a French-speaking region, then it's fairly obvious. But yeah, I loved Paul Bunyan as as a kid. I I, I honestly thought it was a real figure too. Kind of like Santa. <laughs> oh my god! I, I'm just trying to think of how that would have happened. I mean, I guess for me it was really hard to tell the difference between like fantasy and reality. And and Paul Bunyan was in a lot of like cartoons. So for those who don't know, and feel free to correct me, but Paul Bunyan was like this super giant like really really tall i don't know like 20 30 40 feet tall it was a really really tall guy a lumberjack he had his axe and he had his pet bull i think his wasn't his name blue i think it was like a blue blue bull or a blue ox 
and they would just, I don't know, roam the countryside and get into a whole bunch of, well, I wouldn't say mischief, but like adventures together. And so it was really a mythical figure. But I was actually surprised to learn that it's actually popular in Canada too. Well, we, we do like to share things with them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how how old were you when you realized that the whole wait wait thirty minutes after eating to swim thing was was nonsense? Uh, today? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know if I've ever really gotten rid of that superstition. I still kind of believe that you should wait uh but it is it's not actually completely incorrect so i think if you've really eaten like a lot of food you've had like a really big meal then it is kind of dangerous to go swimming but i think the whole like myth is if you've had anything like even like a piece of bread your stomach will cramp and you won't be able to swim and then you'll just drown and, and die basically <laughs> yeah my i grew up swimming a lot <clears throat> like i took a lot of swimming lessons and went to the pool um all the time as a kid my grandparents were are usually the one that took me they were so strict mm. on that and it never made sense to me like they made it sound like oh you're just gonna seize up your arms are gonna stop like it never made sense to me as a kid like my arms are just gonna stop working because my st- stomach hurts i'm not gonna be able to you know, hold my breath and float. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Uh, I was definitely... It, it was a real thing, so, you know, you're not going to go and gamble your life. I was pretty afraid, too. You know, I was like, oh, my God, like, uh, like don't eat anything and don't go swimming. That was basically suicide, uh, uh, more, more or less. Like, you're putting yourself in harm's way uh, by eating and then going swimming, I would say. Um, I think, like, they have that here, too, in Germany. Because uh, I've heard that sentiment from some people that you shouldn't, uh, like, eat and then go swimming. But I feel like in the U.S., it's strictly, like, 30 minutes. If you eat something, you have to wait 30 minutes, and then you can go swimming. Um, and I've seen plenty of people do that religiously. But it's kind of up in the air if it really actually helps or not. I mean, by the same token, usually doing, like, very strenuous exercise Mm -hmm. immediately after eating isn't a good idea. Here's another potential folk (laughs) legend that I think is true, but I don't know for sure. (laughs) Uh, There was, I can't remember if it was, like, a specific uh, regiment or if it was the Mm -hmm. entire thing, but I remember hearing, oh, I think it was, like, U.S. Army paratroopers in the world war two era when they were at training camp, what they would have them do is after every meal immediately, they would make them run like right away. I I don't know. I don't know if it's true, but we're on folk legends. So it sounds like something, uh, a 1940s military would do to try and toughen you up. No, I didn't know that. I don't know. I've, I haven't heard that about, about folk legends about the, about the military. I don't know if there, are there there are that many about the military, so to speak. I think I don't know if it falls under folk legends. But... Oh, I'm sure there's a ton of them, 
that we don't know. Yeah, there there are especially if you're like in, I'm sure there's a ton. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh Oh, here here's I think here's one. I don't know if you've heard this one is um if you're like an ATM and you put your pin in backwards, that it automatically calls the police. Yeah. What? So, um uh, not everywhere, but like a lot of people used to believe that like when ATMs first came out that there was like a secret like safe code. So if like imagine you're at, you're at an ATM and someone's standing behind you saying like give me all the money in your bank account and they have a gun, well you would put your pin into the ATM, I I don't know, would withdraw whatever you have in your bank account or withdraw up to the limit and then you would give them their money and hopefully they would leave. And there was this myth that if you enter your pin backwards into the ATM machine, you would access your bank account, but at the same time, it would call the police. So the police would come down and catch the criminal. And a lot of people actually did this, but it, it, it doesn't work. I mean, it's a myth. Um, but, I mean, that was pretty popular where, you know, where I grew up. I heard that a lot. I mean... I'm trying to think if there's like a good way to do that because i i mean that kind of crime happens a lot yeah, i i I, go- I googled it just to double check but yeah a lot of people believe that so a lot of people believe that if you enter your pin backwards it'll call the police which i mean isn't true um i think it's i think it's a great idea but it but it doesn't work um yeah i mean if you if you've already put in your debit card then then uh it it's only going to work if you have your debit card in. Uh, so yeah, that's true. That's, that's definitely true. I think, I think it's a great oh, it's idea. A... They should think about that. <laughs> it's a wonder... <laughs> Can you imagine finding out that's not how it works the hard way? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That That's pretty, that's pretty bad actually. Um, yeah. yeah I don't, I've never read any stories where people have actually tried that and failed. Um, I've unfortunately, I've, I've fortunately, sorry, I've fortunately never been in any situation like that where I would have to give someone my money from an ATM and uh, hopefully never will. But I can imagine that some people have actually tried that and failed. So, but it's interesting to, to hear that you've actually never heard of that. <laughs> no, never. Uh, that's... I feel like I'm going to look it up now yeah. after this and I'm going to see like mentions of it everywhere. And I'm like, how have I, how have I never seen this? How'd this happen? Yeah. That those are, I, I assume those are like some of the, the things that everyone's, uh, everyone has known the whole, like into your ATM backwards. Um, mm-hmm. so here's one I wanted oh, to yeah. ask you. So you've been out of you've been out of country yeah. for a while, so you've hopefully been spared okay. from this. Everyone knows uh-huh. Bigfoot. Everyone knows like all the Bigfoot reality shows and all that stuff. There, they were. I don't know if they're still making them. I haven't had cable for forever, but they were really making these other like urban legend chasing shows mm. for a while, where they would basically go to random town in the middle of nowhere. Be like, oh, what's the 
what's the local legend here? Oh, it's the Carolina <laughs> Devil. Like, all right, we're going to go hunt the Carolina <laughs> Devil today, boys. And it's just like every episode is like <laughs> whatever this small town's equivalent of Bigfoot is, they're going to go hunt it. Oh, and they like go out in the woods with like night vision cameras and stuff, and that they make it all like extra dramatic for no reason. That reminds me of Supernatural, uh, the series. Um, now I've never seen that one. I yeah, it's like it's like if Supernatural was awful. <laughs> I mean, I there are a whole bunch of like similar things like that growing up on the History Channel, um, and maybe to some extent National Geographic, but mainly the History Channel. No, I always find I always find those shows to be very uh, dubious. I guess if I could put it that way, um, there was some meme I saw where, you know, like, like for example, like the fighter jets. So I think it was like last year or two years ago. I think it was an American fighter jet pilot. I guess if that's what they're called, who photographed aliens and uh, a flying saucer or whatever, and it's like super like low resolution. Like you can barely recognize anything, but if they're just like photographing something benign or, 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 or I don't know, like boring, then it's super like HD quality, you know. So whenever like you need to photograph something that's super important, the resolution is terrible, and that's the same for like these, uh, like these shows, you know, like they have really bad camera quality, but it's reality TV that's scripted. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I, I saw a clip from one of those shows where whatever local beast they were hunt mm-hmm. they were hunting apparently could hypnotize people, and they got separated from one of the guys, and they found him in the woods, kind of just staring out into the distance with, like, a blank look mm. on his face. Like, obviously, obviously scripted. <laughs> but uh, the alien thing is weird, because the government has essentially acknowledged there's a good chance there's aliens and stuff has happened. We don't know, you know, what it is. And nobody cares. Yeah. Because the world is so crazy these days, we just do not care. I think it's more of, like, kind of crying wolf kind of thing. People have been saying, like, oh, I found alien stuff, we found alien stuff. Uh, I think just a couple weeks ago, there was some guy in Mexico who claimed that he had found, like, the bodies of like two aliens and they were almost 2,000 years old Um, I think those are released by the Mexican uh, government but we've all decided that's silly of course it's silly but it's I I think most people consider the idea of aliens existing being like something left for like the realm of fantasy like it could never actually happen and I think we've pretty much trained ourselves to think that way so that it's aliens are, the idea is nice, but it's out of the realm of possibility. So I wonder if we ever actually were to meet aliens, will we really believe it? And I, I, I don't know. Um, that reminds me of a similar thing that happened a couple of years back. Do you remember the story of like these, these metal poles or like these metal obelisks, uh, like appearing in the desert and people like going out and photographing them and whatnot? Oh yeah, wasn't that wasn't that just like a like a viral marketing campaign for a movie? Was it? I have no idea. Um, but they were like a bunch of metal sculptures just appearing out of nowhere, uh, in 
I have to double check because <laughs> I can't remember in Utah. I was gonna say look 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 that up because yeah, I might so be it's wrong. Yeah, so the Utah monolith, and so there were a bunch of like these metal pillars that were appearing all over Utah, and I think there are like some copycats in other countries, and so a lot of people were speculating that this is something to do with like extraterrestrials or like aliens or it was some kind of sign or whatnot. Uh, I think it was just someone messing with people. <laughs> truth be told, so kind of like the whole uh, like Stonehenge thing. Not that Stonehenge was fake or it was messing with people, but I think that was the whole point of it has to do with outer space or whatnot. Uh, I didn't go see them, but there were a lot of like copycats that appeared in other uh, like a copycat monoliths that appeared in other countries. You know what this kind of reminds me of now? So, it's been a while since I mm. heard about this, but there is, there is like a stone mm-hmm. pillar in Georgia, I believe. And it has all these different languages on it, and it's basically like instructions for restarting society uh, and things like that. Oh, you like didn't that. hear about that. that? That no longer exists. That no longer exists. No, they it took it down? <laughs> That's... Yeah, so, yeah. Why? Uh, it, so someone blew it up last year, uh, for whatever reason. They, I think, someone thought that it was like of the devil, um, and it was like oh a satanic God. temple, or it was like a, a a portal to Satan or whatnot. And so someone decided to blow it up, and it was so badly damaged in the explosion that they had to dismantle it, basically. Uh. For the record. It wasn't the best thing in the world. Uh, there was some real good advice in there for, like, like restarting society. And then I think there was a bit about, like, not allowing race mixing or something oh. like that. That's like, <laughs> oh, 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 that's not good. Oh, that's not good. Okay, I didn't know about that. I mean, it was the American yeah. version of, of Stonehenge in the sense that it was a bunch of... Well, I think it was... I think it was just the one, wasn't it? Uh, it was a group of like stone pillars, basically. But yeah, yeah, but okay. that's interesting because I think that's all more of like like doomsday kind of stuff, you know, how how to like restart civilization. And I, th- we we love doomsday stuff here. Do we still though? I feel like that was it had its heyday during the Cold War, um, where everyone had like their you know their fallout shelters and and whatnot. I, I wonder if people are still into doomsday stuff, but probably people. I mean, it's fun to uh-huh. plan, but I don't know if you remember this, but this was like mid two thousands, mid to late two thousands. This was the big thing, like Nostradamus oh, yeah, and like yeah, the biblical yeah, apocalypse. Yeah. Oh my god, that scared my dad was so into that, and it freaked me out so much. Like I couldn't sleep. And I went to a Christian school, and there's, like, a Bible verse that says, oh, it's going to come like a thief in the night. You're not going to know when it's going to happen. So I'd be, like, a kid in bed at 3 in the morning, like, is it now? Is it now? Is it now? Is it now? Wasn't that... Like, it freaked me out so much. I Wasn't hated it. Wasn't that 2012? It. Or was it another one? Well, 2012 was the Mayan uh, what thing. What was Nostradamus? What year was that? I can't remember. I have to Google. That's that's the worst part about Nostradamus. It was like, 
there wasn't a particular mm. year and there were all these shows um i think it was called they were like called the nostradamus effect or something so they would pick out they would cherry pick these bible verses where it'd be like oh there's gonna be like a great fireball or a great catastrophe and then they'd cut to a clip of look at this explosion that happened that's this verse so we're at we're past that step and they would just like go through all these things like oh what if this event that happened is fulfilling that condition yeah and they'd be like oh so the end of the world could be any day now <laughs> yeah i remember nostradamus that was super popular when i was growing up i mean nostradamus for those who don't know was a i guess a french philosopher from like the 16th century more or less and he wrote a whole bunch of i think they're called quatrains so they're like they're they're like four line prophecies about what's supposed to happen and i think a couple of them actually came true during his life um the problem with prophecy is it really depends on who's reading it and when so but i know people are like oh no sodramas is going to predict the end of the world and um but yeah the whole mayan thing i do remember that 2012 um i think that kind of coincided with a lot of the prophecies mm-hmm. from jehovah's witnesses because they were also talking about the world going to end and I remember reading an article back then about some woman who was so afraid of the world actually ending that she unfortunately ended the life of her the lives of her children to prevent that from you know prevent them from going to hell basically. I mean, crazy stuff. I mean, I can believe it. Like when I was mm-hmm. a kid, like and I you know I had spent all these years in Christian school and all these other things. I was, like, so afraid of it. Like, so afraid of it. And there's, you know, all these con- conflicting Bible verses and stuff. Like, I just did not want to think about it. Um, luckily, it all seemed to go away around 2012. Mm-hmm. When the world didn't end in 2012, I think everyone had, like, their fill of uh, apocalypse predicting. I, yeah, yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. I think every generation feels like the world's going to end in their generation. That they're going to see the end of uh, of that. Um, if we're if we're sticking on like the the topic, I guess of like horror and like doomsday. Um, what about like these like these creepy like these creepy pastas? Have you heard of those? Like these like these horror stories that people like. Oh yeah. yeah. That like to post on the internet. Um, I think there there's one that I never actually grew up with that was after I was out of school, but like the whole like Slenderman thing. You know, like the really tall figure that's gonna come and <laughs> oh, come man. and get you. It's it's so lame, it? but I love Slender I mean, Man. There there are so many good internet like YouTube series uh, like about him. Like you know, like fa- they're all shot found footage oh, style. Yeah, Blair Witch. And some of them are so so good, and like you have to like pay attention to every frame because there could be stuff hidden. It's like they're basically ARGs, uh, augmented reality mm. games, kind of. You gotta like solve it as you're watching it. Like, uh, like Marble Hornets is like the big famous one, and uh, Tribe Twelve was good. I don't think it ever finished, hmm. uh, but there's there's some good stuff. I think that's really the only one I know. I don't really tend to hang around those kind of forums, like the whole like creepy pastas. I feel like that's more like fringe internet culture. I could be wrong. I definitely could be wrong. 
but like like 4chan and reddit and whatnot even though reddit isn't really fringe i would say 4chan is fringe though um slenderman felt to me to be more like i guess like a a watered down version of like freddy cougar although freddy cougar isn't actually uh, i wouldn't say it's a myth i would just say that's more like a a popular cultural figure inspired by or ba- i guess based on like horror movies Yeah. Oh, by the way, I we have to mention this because it uh, it is kind of you mentioned the woman who killed yeah. her children because she feared uh-huh. the apocalypse. So there was a group of like teenage girls that like murdered someone um, because they were like, "Oh, Slenderman want mm. us to do it." Yeah, I heard about like that. That was a real thing. Yeah, that's definitely unfortunate. That's the whole like life inspired by art. I, I I guess you could say or life inspired by by myths. Yeah, so a lot of I guess you know the the myths we talked about at the very beginning were pretty benign, <laughs> like the Tooth Fairy and Santa, but like there are a lot of other cultural things that inspire fear where people really believed it. So one thing I definitely believed when I was growing up is Bloody Mary. You know, like you shouldn't say that in front of a mirror. Kind of like the whole. Don't yeah, say three like times. Beetlejuice, <laughs> basically. And it was, you know, <laughs> like if you say it three times, she'll come through the mirror and get you. And I don't know about you, but, you know, when I had sleepovers with my friends, we would always, like, try it. Like, who would be, like, courageous enough to go in front of the mirror and turn off the lights and let the water run and then say it? Um, I think I eventually said it, and then nothing happened. But this whole fear of, like, if you say it, then, you know, something will happen. But I definitely couldn't sleep through the night <laughs> afterwards. Um, but I feel like everyone knows Bloody Mary. I feel like that's pretty pretty common knowledge. Yeah. Isn't it amazing what we let ourselves get freaked out about as kids? Yeah, that that's true. Um, that, that actually kind of reminds me of Scooby-Doo, where they would go on... They would have like these adventures, and they would like uh, visit these haunted houses or like these haunted villages or whatever, and try to find like these monsters. And I don't think they ever found any monsters, but they found people who acted like monsters. And so someone came to the conclusion that people are like the real monsters. And so I, I feel like that that's the sentiment I take from a lot of these urban legends, these urban myths that. I think we're more afraid of other people than, you know, like these supernatural figures. Um, Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, even in like most zombie Mm -hmm. fiction, uh, the real horror aside from, you know, the horde of the dead is what people do in that situation. When society breaks down, you know, the scariest thing is still us. Yeah, that you put it beautifully. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. When everything breaks down and people start to panic, then you see how people really are. Especially like in these, uh, like Resident Evil or uh, Walking Walking Dead, I think it's what it's called. You know, where it's, people start to turn on each other. And then you're more scared of that than you are of like the actual threat of like zombies and viruses and whatnot. Um, or like even The Matrix, you know. The, the movie Matrix, where they started turning on people because they were more afraid of being in the world than being in the Matrix, that kind of thing. 
But yeah, we're slowly coming to a close. Uh, I mean, we could go on for hours and hours and hours, but we got to, you know, stop somewhere. Um, <laughs> we got to wrap it up somewhere, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, re I really enjoyed Urban Legends, Urban Myths. Um, I think those are the most common ones. I mean, if you dig deep enough, you're going to find a whole bunch. And a lot of Urban Legends or Urban Myths, I don't think you'll ever actually hear unless you, you know, actually live in the area. So... Maybe someday we'll actually go and like talk about like really like local ones like uh, like don't go to that house because you know of what happened like forty or fifty years ago, those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think a lot of those are like in the south and yeah. the east because I feel like we don't have any of them. Here. No, not really. I can't think of any. Um, not at the top of my head, but. Like Appalachia or the Deep South, like that, those yeah. kind of regions. Yeah, unfortunately, we live pretty far from those regions. Well, I did at least. Uh, and so do you. Yeah. <laughs> and so do you. Anywho, so that's me. That's all I have. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add before we go. I, I think that there's nothing I can bring up that will keep us here for right. much longer. So <laughs> I right. think we're Thanks good. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully, no one gets any nightmares from the the last few legends that we talked about as always thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one bye. Right, bye we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast we hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview even if only just a little welcome feedback comments and constructive criticism if you'd like to provide us with any please reach out to us at our discord or email address both of which will be listed in, in the description. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.